There's no music if you have no body to play it with, so take care of your body first. You getting into the gym and you lifting weights and working on muscles, is it's physical therapy for the benefit of your playing. The truth is nothing works like just taking care of the simple stuff. Diet, exercise and sleep. Take care of that and you'll be fine. Join us as two musicians and fitness coaches discuss strength, wellness and fitness in relation to musicians, artists and performance. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the Tuned and Strong podcast. I am Dr. Jen Cabas, and of course, as always, we have Angela McHewson of Music Strong Fitness. Um, on our last podcast, we were talking with uh, Dr. Rusty Holmes. The doctor is important. <laughs> He's important. Um, highly important, actually. Yeah. Yes. And out of that conversation, um, after we stopped recording, kind of... Uh, developed this concept of the imposter syndrome. Um, and Angela had, you had a book about this um, too. <laughs> yes, yes, I it's do. been that kind of week if you're watching. Uh, yeah, been that kind of week. You yeah, know. I lost my bookmarks, darn. Yeah. Um, <laughs> anyway. <laughs> it's imposter syndrome book. Um, but we were talking about how imposter syndrome, you know, as um, performers, as musicians, as business owners, um, instructors, coaches, um, this imposter syndrome kind of sneaks up on us um, all the time. And we were talking about how do we handle that in terms of um, just mental fitness, kind of like we were talking about with Rusty. How do we talk yeah. about that with our students? How do we handle it in our daily lives as performers, instructors, and um, coaches? So. Um, yeah, we're going to unpack that a little bit today. Um, I think let's, let's start from a coaching perspective because that's probably going to be the more obvious one. Um, it could be, but you know what the first thing I thought was when, yeah. what Rusty said about, uh, we were trying to come up with a graphic for, oh. um, for the, for that episode. Mm -hmm. And um, we're like, well, he, he said, well, should I put Dr. Rusty Holmes? We're like, yes, you earned it. Why should you not put it? Mm -hmm. And how many of you just went, oh, I've had that same thought. Uh-huh. Doctor uh -huh. said pretentious. Dr. Jim Cabas, ladies <laughs> and gentlemen, I mean, you know. Yeah. yeah, and it's actually a little bit difficult for me mentally to introduce myself on the podcast this way every time because a lot of what we talk about is fitness and my doctorate is in music. So doesn't I, matter that, you know, yes, my treatise topic was on the cross application of these things. Yes. I have these certifications. No, we're talking about fitness. So I don't know if I want to call myself doctor. <laughs> oh, I get it. I get it. I get it. Mm -hmm. You know, and mm -hmm. does that doctor make you sound less approachable? Or does it make right. you sound like you have more credentials? Like, I don't have a doctorate. I tried out for my, I, I think I started the audition process, the application process twice. Actually, I did twice for my doctorate. And both times were utter disasters. Um, yeah. It was because it wasn't right. I didn't need it. Yeah. It wasn't going to yeah. benefit me. So my heart wasn't in it. And yeah. does it, does it, does having a doctorate 
um, mean that you are a better performer? Like, well, let's not say that. Does it, does having a doctorate mean you're more or less of a person? No, it doesn't. And depending on how you use your education determines whether you need it, which is something in the yeah. music industry. This is this drives me insane. I have a master's degree in performance. I am overqualified for all kinds of crap, but in the music mm -hmm. world, I'm underqualified um, yeah. for yep. the only quote, the only jobs I'm allowed to have, which is like yeah. teaching. I can either hope, and that's the word that's used, hope to get a performance uh, thing. At a, I, I hope that I can join an orchestra, or mm -hmm. if I don't have a doctorate, I will not even be looked at no. for a college teaching profession. Shout out to Trebek University who added me as adjunct of the master's degree. I'm like, oh, what's up with that? See, because look, it doesn't yeah. necessarily mean you have more knowledge. I know lots of doctors. Yeah. I'm not talking about you. I know lots of no, no, no. doctors don't I know agree. Jack. I they agree. I agree. Paper, right? Mm -hmm. I agree. There's there's a lot of, and, and not to talk those people down at all. Not at all. But there are, you know, I, I talk about, we kind of branch off into our own things. Um, so there were two, there were three of us. When I graduated with my doctorate, there were three of us. Um, all women, all graduating with our doctorate at the same time. Um, one started a year before me, one started a year after me. Doesn't matter. Um, all three of us are doctors. All three of us from FSU, all three with the same major professor. And our expertise is in different areas. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so it's, we're not, in, in a lot of cases, you're going to be competing for the same jobs. But the three of us, if, it, if it's a, an absolute right fit, we are not competition for each other because we're not the same type of expert. Um, and I'll see the same thing, too, where it's like, oh, well, even the community colleges generally don't consider you for a teaching position if you don't have a doctorate. That's partly because there's so much competition they can ask for that. That's true. Um, but they'll they'll require that, and I'll go. This person's expertise is in performing orchestral excerpts. Mm -hmm. This person is a pedagogue. This person is you know primary education type instructor. This person is secondary or higher education. You know. And you'll find people who specialize like that too. That's like this person, and I've known a couple that it took me a while to figure out that they were a bad fit in their college teaching job because they were trying to teach students who were too high of a level. But when they went back and started doing either, I don't want to call it remedial work because that's insulting. It's not. It's addressing foundational issues in playing. Mm -hmm. Oh, nobody could touch them. I, to this day, I'm pretty decent at some of that. I could not touch that person. No way. Mm -mm. Mm -hmm. If I had a student with that kind of problem, I'd be like, you're, you're going over here. Right. That's right. Person, you know, <laughs> but we get into that situation where it's like, great. So we've got these certifications and this level of study, but because either people won't consider us, right. Or we think they won't consider us. Um, or we're just so used to living with ourselves as just <laughs> a person, you know, like yeah. I know a lot of students think of me as like, oh, it's Dr. Cabas. And she, I've had a couple who thought I had my life together and I'm like, oh, <laughs> we all think we are professors and our teachers have their lives oh, together. Yeah. Oh yeah. None of we us do. If, 
if you have an honest instructor, they do not have their life together. You know, yeah. no, no, they're, it's a, because it's a constant state of flux, but. Who let me adult? I can't adult. You know, but for whatever reason, any one of those, any combination of them, we kind of get into this point of like, well, I don't really deserve to be here because, you know, I'm not really, I'm not qualified. I don't have the paperwork. Um, I don't have the experience or like I've taken gigs as a musician. That's like, I'm going, well, you know, I'm not really the best orchestral player in the whole wide world. And I'm not, I'm, I'm decent, but I'm not the best in the whole wide world. Right. And so I'll get to an orchestra and I'll be like, man, you know, I hope I don't embarrass myself. Like I'm probably going to be one of the weaker players there, you know, cause Oh, it's a professional orchestra. And then I get there and I'm like, Oh, <laughs> No, I mean, I'm not going to lie. I've had that same kind of thought every once in a while. Like there, if there's one area I'm pretty solid in my, in my, what's the word? Like, I just, I just feel like I know my worth and yeah. I don't struggle with uh -huh. knowing how good I am and being uh -huh. able to say, I'm good at this. Uh -huh. And yes, you need to hire me because I know I'm good. It's my plan. Yeah. I'm going to put a little caveat on that right now because I've got a dumpster fire of an instrument and it's, it back. It's, it's seriously like trying to drive a minivan in the Daytona 500. It does oh, not man. work. <laughs> it's, it's just a temporary thing. And I'm so glad it happened, like mostly during COVID, you know, so it doesn't matter because I'm not playing and I'm, I'm, I'm going to be getting a, a quality instrument here pretty soon. Thank you. Thank you, Army, finally. But, um, you know, but, but. And I mean, that, that really did a number on my, on my self-esteem a little bit because uh -huh. it's like uh -huh. having your voice taken from you. When I had to give that flute back to the National Guard, like yeah. I did my graduate degree recital on this. I won all, all my orchestral positions on this. This is what's in all my recordings. This is yep. done, I've done studio work on this. This is my sound, this is my voice. This is me, is what it felt yeah. like. And then I had to give it back yep. because it wasn't mine. But uh -huh. I couldn't stay in that situation any longer. I'm like, all right. It will work out and it was hard and it like i physically have not played that instrument like though the one i have right now very much because of that but at the same time now i'm finally getting back into it i made peace and i just know like okay I've, I've taken enough time away from the instrument that it's not my identity anymore i know who i am and it's okay to say i'm good i'm really yeah. good and i don't have yeah. to have this level of education right. to say that i am good and i am worth this position but so like when I'm in the orchestra, dude, I own yeah. it. That is my position. Yeah. That's my, I've been there since the beginning. Like I'm a piccolo and I play blah, 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 blah. Right. Mm -hmm. But the, the girl who won first chair, not only do I not want her spot, but she has a doctorate. I'm like more power to you. But then sometimes <laughs> this is a tangent, but sometimes I'm like, should you really get paid more than me? They literally give you one part. They give me all of the extra parts and I have to learn all of them, whether it's second, third, fourth flute, alto piccolo, why are you paid more than me? You know, that's another, that's another thing, but it yeah, makes me wonder, yeah. right? Like, why is that a hierarchy that's still around? Anyway, so yeah. in that arena, I'm okay. I, I, I have always kind of been really amazed that I feel okay with that. No, I'm really good. Yeah, you yeah. should definitely hire me. I'm, I'm like super solid, confident, and it's not an ego thing. It's like, I just know. You just yeah, know, and, this, right? and it's not like a bragging thing, which so many people are afraid of. It's like, no. 
when you know you've got something, you know you've got it. Right. <laughs> right. I mean, like, it's just like, it's like an innate talent that I was able to foster through like childhood. It's one of those, I'm one of those, I'm, I'm going to admit, I was one of those lucky kids that I knew I wanted to play flute. The minute I did, it's like, that's my deal. That's, yeah. you know, I was just one, one of those. I, yeah. Sorry. But when it comes to business and then I had a, I had a big, big argue with myself. Like, am I selling out because I'm not using my performance degrees the way quote I should be mm-hmm. which what does that even mean and you know I've said this story a million times but I got I got my bachelor's degree in performance I took a year off because I didn't go to there I didn't get it I got into IU but I knew I'd be 40 grand in debt when I uh graduated I went as a performance major <laughs> that's really stupid I'm not doing that so I took a year off and I went to another graduate school and I didn't like it. And then I finally got into FSU. And so I, it was like a longer process, but I knew I wanted a master's degree because I wasn't at my full potential. And I knew mm-hmm. I didn't know quote all I needed to know. And yeah. it wasn't that I needed to know everything or even what, like I had, I didn't have a career goal. I just knew yeah. I wasn't at my potential. Yep. And so when I graduated and I was like, fitness dude I love fitness I was newly married I had no friends no job no nothing and my husband's like just be at home I went okay I need a break you know so I did it was awful but you know I kind of launched myself into fitness so like what does this realm look like and ever since day one I felt behind the eight ball I felt like an imposter and even though I know more than a lot of people on this subject Mm -hmm. I still Mm -hmm. feel like especially when I get into business situations and they're using terminology I have no idea what they're what does evergreen mean what is your avatar can you just talk like normal people you know but then it's like okay do you get people results yeah do you do you keep your promises do you tell people what you're gonna do and then you do that and then do you have clients who have stuck with you for years? They don't do that because they like you. They yeah. do that because you help them. But it still doesn't stick, right? The only reason yeah. I got my master's is because I knew I needed more information. And then how I use that is up to me. Yeah. It's not up to anybody else's standard. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that is <laughs> such <laughs> big part of the mental fitness thing that's like being able to process something like that you know um well I felt I was selling out for a long time oh yeah a lot of people do um felt I was just trading time for money in something that wasn't my degree and I wasn't whatever and then I went no and then you have to have that honest conversation with yourself like do you like this Mm -hmm. you honestly love this why are you doing it if not and I had yeah. several like week long solo vacations where my point was, let me get away from everything around me and figure out like, why am I doing this? Yeah. Am yeah. I really an imposter? And I went, no, I'm not. Yeah. Yep. You don't have to be the best. Right. Right. And it's, there's so many different things in this field, like in both music and in fitness that we can offer, you know? And so same same way you're talking about oh, all these people throw out all these fancy terms and you're like ah <laughs> um, and i feel like it's the same for a lot of people in music who are so hardcore musician that when you get in touch with a normal person who just wants to know more um yeah. communications break down <laughs> yeah. and it's yeah, part of why i know in our 
in our first couple podcasts, you know, um, I think you made a comment on um, my terminology or lack thereof. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> and that's, that's part of it. I'm, I'm not all the, all the time in music, but I like to know my audience in music. Um, with my students, I gradually introduce them to terms. I don't expect them to know it right off the bat. But I'm like, you're going into this area, you need to know what people are going to sound like what, and, and what we're talking about. And at some level, when you understand the terminology, you know, it, it gives you a different level of being able to communicate it with other people who know the terminology. Mm-hmm. But a lot of that, like, I'm not going to talk to the average person who's not in music that same way about music, mm-hmm. you know? And it's not that I'm talking down to them. It's that I don't think it's necessary to act like I'm above them. You know, like you got to meet people where they are and not in a condescending way. Yeah. Like that's, that's how you get them. Anyway, that's, that's a total tangent. I don't remember how I got there, (laughs) but it's, it's this conversation. It's hard when that's the kind of approach you take. And that's, you know, especially when you're just getting started, it's like, mm-hmm. well, I don't have all the terms, but I understand the concepts. I understand. I feel the like product. that in entrepreneurialism. So these business people, they're like, well, have you raised capital? Do you have like capital? You mean money? You could say yeah. money. Money yeah. makes sense to me. Capital? Funding? Yep. Raising? Yep. Does that mean fundraising? Does that mean I have to ask? Does that mean I got a loan? What do you mean? I don't understand. It's yeah. So confusing. Yeah. <laughs> just yeah. use normal people terms. Don't use jargon. Yeah. Right. And not knowing those terms doesn't make you any less good at handling your finances, yeah. does it? You know, like maybe no. it's up. No. <laughs> no. If you're bad at handling your finances, it doesn't matter what jargon you use. You know, like <laughs> <laughs> But it's true. It's true, right? And so when you feel like you are and so that's I'm, I'm going to show this book again. So this, this is the whole reason I brought up this specific book. And this is called Overcoming the Imposter by Chris Kelso. Um, Silence your inner critic and lead with confidence. This book is basically, and we're not doing another review, um, but just go go check it out. Because this book, yeah. it's a super easy read. And you'll feel like he's like in your head talking to you like, oh my gosh, yes, that's me. That's the voice that says, I don't know mm-hmm. what I'm doing. They're going to find me out. Yep. And they're going to like kick me they quote are gonna kick me out because they realize i don't know what i'm doing none of us know what we're doing we're figuring right. it out as well right so right. but this book is meant for um was basically t- there's a ton of as he mentions there's a lot of books out there about overcoming the imposter syndrome especially geared towards women but this one is geared towards entrepreneurs and includes mm-hmm. men because men mm-hmm. feel the same as women do on these things. And entrepreneurs yeah. really kind of get, a, a, as he talks about that, like basically they get shoved to the side, like, oh, you already know what you're talking, you lead with passion, you know what you do, whatever. And it's like, no, we, we just know we don't want to work for anybody else. And we love this thing. Yep. We yep. don't know how to, like, I've been telling people for 10 years, I own a business called yeah. Music Wrong. What does yeah. that mean? Do I have a DBA? Right. Do I need a DBA? What's an LLC? Do I need an LLC? I made up a name and paid someone to make a logo. And, yeah. I, wrote and I filed for copyright. Does that make me that I own a bit? At what point do I quote own? So I just started saying yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. 
Yeah. And did they tell you you are actually only when you have a brick and mortar, when you have a loan, when you have a business bank account? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> but what it comes down to, and I think this will kind of transition nicely into what I think we should probably talk about next. Um, what it comes down to is <clears throat> you own a business when you make the decision that you own a business. Yes. And fun fact, all this self-employed stuff, all of the like tune and tone performance, um, it's not an LLC. It's not. Um, I don't need one. Fun fact. Uh, basically, I'm self-employed and there's paperwork saying that I can legally accept checks made to tune and tone performance. Mm -hmm. That's that's it. It's still, it's just mm -hmm. me. It's another name for me. <laughs> um, yeah. But you you own the business and if you're a private teacher, um, if you're a coach, if you're like anything that you do for yourself, gig workers, most of us are gig workers on some level or other. You own a business when you say you own a business. Maybe that's just you owning you. Maybe you're like, before I decided to become tuned in tone performance, I was Jen Cabas, clarinetist, you know, saxophonist, um, doubler, like what's the job? It's great. Like, <laughs> I'm the business. I'm the performer. So we all do that to some degree, um, but maybe we can unpack a little bit of um, just things we've found. So obviously you've got that guy's mm -hmm. book and, and I'm sure there are tons of resources online for yeah. other tactics that we may not mention, but maybe we can unpack how you and I kind of overcome a little bit of that or things we found to be helpful. One thing is don't wait for someone to give you permission uh -huh. at some point. Like I was making the joke, like who let me adult? I can't adult. Like, <laughs> and we may, we see that meme. And how many times, like when you, when, when put it this way, when did you first feel like an adult? Was it when mm -hmm. you bought and paid for and started making payments or on your first car or paid for something in full and you're like with my own money that I saved or I bought my mm -hmm. first house. I'll tell you when I felt like an adult, when I pulled into my, First, this first house into my garage. I'm like, I'm parking my car in my house and I am changing the air filters. Ha, I am an adult. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm changing the light bulbs. Like it's like yeah. I'm taking care of stuff. I am yeah. mowing my own yard, you know, like stuff like that. But yeah. at some, what point is it that you stop, um, you stop asking other people for permission mm -hmm. to just own mm -hmm your own situation. Mm -hmm. And you know, mm -hmm. you know, Ava Omsler at Florida State, the oh, yeah. outgoing, oh, student, yeah. right? She's amazing. Wonderful. So uh, we were, I don't remember when this was. Um, I, I was talking to her at some point and I'd called her Professor Omsler all through my master's degree. And at some point, you know, like, apparently when you graduate with your master's, now you are automatically colleagues and you're just supposed to call them by your first name. And it's like, or by their first name and you're, it's, it's a weird thing to get over, right? Yes. Because they're no longer yes. above you. Now they're colleagues, right? And yeah. she looked at me one day and she goes, Angela, when do you start calling me Professor Armstrong and you start calling me Eva? Went, <laughs> <laughs> I guess now <laughs> she called me out on it. She's really good at that. Yeah. Yeah. I actually, I really appreciate that about her because it's something that for a lot of Americans is, you know it but nobody forces you to do it. And we kind of yeah. need that much, much in the same way, you know, you look at, um, 
so we we are in the midst in my opinion this is maybe not the most uh, popular opinion but uh, this is what i see um we are in the midst of an era where right of passagehood in general into adulthood has been removed from society mm -hmm. for most people and we're seeing as a result um a little bit of a little bit to a lot of it depending on the person of kind of mental and emotional delayed maturity. Mm. Um, like there's still people I know who are living on their own, been living on their own for years, pay their own bills. Some of them are married, some of them have kids and they refer to themselves as a uh, girl instead oh. of woman. Okay, right, right, fair enough. Um, and same thing, you know, so that's, that's another one of those where it's like, <laughs> I still have that little mental block of like, I, I studied with Debbie Bish for my doctorate and I'm like, I need to be able to call her Debbie, but I'm so uncomfortable with it. It's mm -hmm. like cringe in my soul because I spent so many years calling her Dr. Bish. Yeah. You know? <laughs> um, and, and just stuff like that. Um, but for me, those two, so, so my kind of like, oh, I am an adult. It was a, a process. I didn't have a one clear aha moment. It was a process and a, a development, um, stage based development for me trying to words are hard anyway. <laughs> so it was like, I was 18 or 19 and living on, uh, in an apartment next to a college I went to and I'm sitting here going, you know, it, it occurred to me one day. I'm legally an adult, but I think of myself as a girl. Mm. When does that transition happen? Because I'm legally a woman now. Mm -hmm. And it took, it took a couple years of just mentally saying, um, and I had to start small head be like, I'm a young woman or I'm a young lady, you know, like, but just right. kind of mentally programming myself that way because I wanted that transition. Like I, I want to be more self-sufficient. I want to feel like I am more capable. Um, I had to practice that. Uh, I had, I am still practicing mentally calling my former faculty members by their first name. I'll do that mentally, just. <laughs> on, the of that, on the reverse of that, like I've had, uh, when I go to teach at different places, because the band directors or the music professor there are my colleagues. Yeah. Too many times they will address the students, say, oh, this is Angela. I'm like, hi, I'm Ms. McHouston. That, that. And I'm not gonna say that's a, it's not a disrespect thing. No, right? it's a not thinking about it thing. No, 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 but they're like, oh, this is Angela. Yeah. This is my friend, this is my colleague, whatever. You know, so the, like the reverse of that, of owning, of, of mm -hmm. being like, no, mm -hmm. I am Dr. So-and-so, or I yeah. am Ms. or Mr. So-and-so. Because you yep. think like when you were a kid, would you ever have an adult um, introduced to you by their first name? No, I never did, never, never. And even in the South, because I grew up in the South somewhat, um, mm -hmm. Every once in a while, when I heard it's Ms. Ms. Daisy or Ms. Yeah. Barbara, right? I'm like, yeah. But that's M Mrs. Peterson, you mean? Mm -hmm. It just mm -hmm. it's that weird with me. So another way that yeah. I've overcome that is like making sure yeah. 
and I don't want to correct them in front of the kids, but I definitely want to like pull them aside. I'm like, hi, I'm, at, you know, and just like, oh yeah, cool. Hi, I'm Miss McHouston. I just like reaffirm that, but then pull them aside. Yeah. Hey, will you make sure to address me as so-and-so? They don't, they're not thinking about it. It's not. Yeah. A- I don't know. Cause you're so used to dealing with somebody on one level yeah. that you don't think about like, you got to be a little more careful here. We need to make sure. And when you're dealing with um, children, in a in an education setting um and in my case for a while there it was um i was working with high school football players boys as a female coach who had just been introduced Mm -hmm. i'm like you need to call me doctor yes and it's not it's not a like i wasn't mad it's not a like holier than thou art it's that there is a degree of respect that you get in a situation where you could be at a disadvantage and like two places you don't want to lose control as an instructor. Number one, classroom full of small children. Number two, (laughs) any setting where high school football boys (laughs) are under your supervision. (laughs) you know it's not like they're wild or anything they're great 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 kids but like but that age <laughs> testosterone through the roof like <laughs> oh, yeah. they're, they're very active very physical you know chest bumping can quickly turn into fist fighting like i need to own this situation yep. give me as much mental power as you can you yeah. know Um, so that's another thing. If you're getting out there and you're like, okay, I'm going to, I'm in college now. I'm going to call up my high school band director and like, Hey, can I come give your kids a clinic and high school band director? And usually you don't even need to pull them aside and tell them, you know, Oh, Hey, this is, this is Jen. She'll be working with you today. Hi, I'm Dr. Kappas. Right. Done. Done. And usually they're like, (laughs) you're like, that's that's what happened both times. (laughs) I can't talk about it. Yeah, yeah. own own that part of yourself where you might not feel so confident because now you're no longer the student you're no longer at this quote lower level now you are this part you're owning this part of yourself and it's okay it doesn't have to do with ego it's okay to just assert that yeah yeah and if you think about it too if you're feeling like oh i'm not quite there yet i'm just young great you need more control of the situation then you need it because you're young and people will take advantage of you whether or not they intend to. It's just that mental perspective. Um, So it doesn't even need to be like, Oh, I've earned this title. So I'm going to own it, which is eventually where you want to get to. Right. We want to get to that point where it's like, I walk into a room of somebody who's like interested in taking clarinet lessons. I'm like, yeah, we're good. I'm, I'm not worried about, I don't need to convince you that I'm good at it. You'll know within an hour or two, you'll know. Like, and, and that's not cocky. It's just that I haven't really had anybody, at least clarinet student wise, that I haven't had that with, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, but if, you're, if your goal is to get there, start by giving yourself power where you can, right? Yeah. Um, or you're just- Back to your, your whole, how do you, what are the what are the what are the ways that you have overcome this yourself? Sorry. Can I also say 
talk about it to yeah. people that you're scared about because yes. you mentioned this in the book the other day. I'm like, I'm reading through it. It's an easy read. I could read it in one go, but I want to like digest it. And he yeah. mentioned the thought like, you know, I've built this, I built that, whatever. And, and uh, no, 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 it wasn't him. It was Simon. It was maybe it's both of them. Simon Sinek, Sinek, the power of why start with why guy. Anyway, uh, okay. okay. he put out a video the other day. Um, it could have been a year ago. I don't know. He put a video out recently. It showed up and it was about being okay with being the idiot. And I went, whoa, okay. He said, look, I was in this room full of CEOs and people who knew all the things and whatnot. And mm -hmm. this person is giving a presentation and I was brought in to do X, Y, or Z, not all of that. Um, but I had to understand what this person was saying for me to do mm -hmm. X, Y, or mm -hmm. Z. And this person is just talking way over my head and I just went, I don't know what that means. Can you say what that means? I don't know. Can you explain? He just kept raising his hand and whatever. And then finally some other people were like, I don't know what that means either. And these are all CEOs. Like they're just pretending yeah. that they know. So yeah. when you start yeah. saying like, you don't understand and you don't know, and you, you're able to talk about that with other people in your same situation, yeah. yep. more times than not, we're all putting on airs. Like we know what we're doing because we want right. to that confidence. But deep down, yeah. we're all going through, we, we all have doubts and we're all trying to, like there are all areas where we're not sure if we're doing it quote right. Yeah, yeah. Talk about it, suddenly you own the situation. You, yeah. You're surrounded by other people who don't know what they're doing. We're all okay. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and that's, that, that ties into a couple things too. Number one, you know, at the end of that, everybody in the room respected him because he wasn't afraid to be like, I. I, I need to know. And everybody's going to remember that guy. Yes. That guy asked the question. That guy is not afraid of anything. And in a room full of CEOs, you want somebody who's not afraid. Oh, man. I'll tell you what. Um, you also feel okay to go talk to him about anything. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because you know he's also honest. That's right. the next part. Honesty. People respect honesty. They really do. The second they find out you're lying, they're out the door. Yes. Don't ever say, like, there, there's a difference between, like, somebody asks, hey, um, somebody called me tomorrow and was like, hey, uh, I need you to play this gig. It's mostly clarinet, but, you know, there's some bass flute in it. Can you do it? And the pay was good and whatever. I'm like, I would probably say, you know what, let me make sure I can get my hands on a bass flute, but I'm pretty sure I can do it. Would it be the that's That's different. I, I've never played bass flute in case you don't know. Like, <laughs> that's yeah, not that's my deal. Um, barely proficient. In, anyway, we'll leave that alone. So that's different because you're told when you're you know younger, always say you can do it. You can figure out how to do it. That I know I can figure out how to do. But that's different than somebody starting to talk to me about this bass flute piece and like asking, talking all this technical jargon about bass flute and, um, me nodding along like I understand and then accepting a gig in a way that is like, oh yeah, I'm experienced at bass flute and I can learn this solo, no problem. And like, I've done this before. It's different yes. in situation A where it's like, let me make sure I can work on this. Mm -hmm. That's not lying. You know, that's, that's just like straightforward. Let me make sure I can do this. And, and I, I'm pretty sure, but I didn't say, oh yeah, I have all experience. That'll be no problem. Situation two, I'm lying to you. Then you find out about that. Are you going to call me back? I wouldn't. 
I don't trust that you're going to tell me whether or not you can play bass flute. Like, <laughs> okay, so what if I need a piccolo player? That's a I, I think ghosting is a sign of someone who lacks some integrity. That's another's topic. Yeah. <laughs> but and what it comes down to, are you an imposter or are you not? Do you have integrity yeah. or do you not? Yeah, yeah. Even if you don't know, even if you're feeling like I'm an imposter, I shouldn't be here because you don't know something. If you're honest about it, number one, that helps you overcome imposter syndrome. Number two, yeah. chances are people around you are confused too. Number three, people respect your honesty. That's going to get you more legitimacy. And along those same lines, most of us go into this sort of field because we want to be an expert in it, you know? Like you don't go into music or fitness thinking, oh, I'm just going to do this to get rich. <laughs> no. 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 Um, you, go into it, you go into it because you love it, you know, and you want to know more and you want to do more and you want to bring it to other people in whatever format that is. Mm -hmm. Okay. If you're lying to yourself or other people about what you do or do not know, how are you going to reach the level of expert? Right. You're going to stagnate because you're too busy worrying about do other people think you're an expert instead of going, you know what? I have no clue what that means, but I want to. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> so that was a really long ramble. I've been rambling a lot today, Angela. I'm sorry. <laughs> Not at all. Not at all. So, I mean, like, I'm feeling like I should just look through this and see if there's something I highlight. So like, oh, oh, so, hmm. yeah, there's, well, I could, okay, I, I'll go down the rabbit hole with like highlighting the things, like saying the things that I've highlighted in this book. But basically, <clears throat> if you have that little voice in the back of your head that says, you really are not worth this. You don't know what you're doing. What right do you have to blah, blah, whatever the thing is? For me, just, just to keep it real, for me, it's like, what right do I have to say I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a fitness specialist that I can help people prevent or overcome overuse injuries? And every time I have a failure, because I can't fix everybody. Some, some things, and I, I, I have to take that off my website. Like I don't, there's something on my website that says, come see me, I fix musicians. And I went, mm, that, mm, nah, 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 that, that's in my long-term range. Music strong as a corporation can help fix musicians. I don't even like that term, but I mean, I'm like that's, that's, that's bold. And that's, that says stuff that's outside my scope of practice. And that sets yeah. me up for failure. But yeah. when I first set out, that was my goal. So that's why it was there. And now that I've learned, it's like, no, 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 now I can take that back. Because every time I'd have a failure or I'd have mm -hmm. someone, I mean, mm -hmm. I would take it personally. Like anytime yeah. there was someone who didn't like fitness that I was training, who came to me, like, I have this issue, I want to fix it. Can you help me? And I'd, you know, in, in our initial consult, I'd be like, yeah, we can do this and we can do this and you need this and this, this. And then I'll tell you this. I'll be real with you for a second. I do three months on, if you sign up with me for online uh, training, I ask for a three month commitment. And the reason is three months is about that baseline where you start to see real progress and real change. You're not gonna see it in, um, mm -hmm. you're not gonna see it in a couple sessions. You're not gonna see it in a month. Mm -hmm. 
Plus mm -hmm. it takes time to establish the habit and get used to yes. doing, you know, understanding what you need. Plus I need to know if you're doing the workouts, I need to see how you work and how you do and what you need and progress. Mm -hmm. On one level, my brain goes, cool. I can take this model and I can progress. I can write them out a three month plan at the get go. And usually what I do is I write someone out a one month plan right as we go. And then I'm already thinking of progressions we could do. But then I stop myself because I'm like, I don't know how they're going to do this. I'm not there yeah. with them. And this yep. is me being super vulnerable with y'all because like, you're yeah. like, I want to hire you. you know? But I mean, for real, it's like, yeah. what if like, I can't see you working out? What if this doesn't work? What if you get a twinge? Yeah. What if this, what yeah. if that? And I don't know how to progress or I do know how to progress, but I'm not, it's not the same as you being there with me and I'm watching you and I'm progressing you on the fly and writing it down, mm -hmm. whatever. I'm just mm -hmm. going on what you're telling me. And then yep. we get to the end of the month and I haven't written out the second month. And yep. I'm working on trying to figure out like, what's the best model for me to do that? And I, I'm, I'm, I'm coming to a better understanding of, yeah, go ahead and write that basic skeleton and then adjust as needed. So I'm not so stressed yeah. out, but because yeah. I like to tailor things and this is where, yeah. you know, you're not an imposter. Yeah. It's because you want to tailor it to the individual so badly. You don't want to leave it to a cookie cutter program of, yep. Well, maybe this will work, but then if she says no, it won't need you know, Saba, I just want to wait. But then mm -hmm. I'm not seeing you one on one. So that yep. makes me feel like I don't really know what I'm doing. And when I have to update, I'm like, I don't know if I can help them. It's the worst feeling in the world because it's like they came to me with this thing and I said mm -hmm. I could I said I could help and I feel like I can and now we're here and now where do we go? But it's all just because I'm not seeing you in person and I haven't refined yeah. the process to the point where I'm like, oh yeah, we just do this, this, this because it takes yeah. time. Yeah. And yeah. time is okay. It doesn't mean you it doesn't mean I don't know what I'm doing. It doesn't mean you're not mm -hmm. gonna get results. It doesn't mean any of yeah. that. It's just, you know, it takes time, it takes experience and mm -hmm. it takes a process to learn what that system works mm -hmm. best and it doesn't yeah. mean that even if I have a system I can't super tailor it to you but it's yeah. gonna take some time but yeah. that time that it's taking makes me feel like a failure and an imposter and I just want to be yeah. vulnerable about that yeah and honestly I have the same issue I have the same issue even for my in-person people yeah I cannot program more than a month out because I want to know what are you feeling? How are you feeling about the workout? How are you feeling during the workout? Can you feel what I'm trying to get you to feel? And if not, or if there's pain, I need to know that. And we're going to swap some things. I mean, you bet your butt. Like I give you a week worth of programming. And after day one, you're like, so this kind of made, you know, my elbow feel twingy or this kind of yeah. great. Yeah. I am changing the rest of your week right now, right now, right now. You are not doing another workout that is not being changed. I can't program more than a month out for anything. And a month is hard for me because I'm like, I need feedback and I know it's going to change. Um, yeah. and, and to kind of equate that to um, a private lesson setting, uh, which may be for musicians out there. So you kind of understand um, where we're coming from on this. Um, when I was a brand new private teacher, um, I thought that I had to know <laughs> Being lady. <laughs> I thought that I had to know exactly what I was going to do with my student before every single lesson. And I plan it out and I like, Oh, we're going to do this book today. And we're going to do these scales. And we're going to do this study. And like, okay. Uh, that stopped for me. Lesson two. Yeah. I never did that again after lesson two. 
Okay. Um, and I, I feel like most private teachers are the same way. You can have a little bit of an idea. Almost all of it for me is right here. Almost all of it. Framework. Like yeah. NASM, which is my accreditation agent. No, I'm sorry, certifying agency. Accreditation is college. A certifying agency. They they give you all these beautiful templates. Like how this is how you lay out yeah. a year of programming for somebody. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I always have that in the back of my mind. So yeah. I'm like, okay. But yeah. if I'm working with someone one on one, it's like, okay, we're doing this, we're doing this. That's these yeah. rep ranges, these sets, these exercises. Yeah. 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 But in one on one, you get that. You, you get that so immediate feedback online. You're just right. like, if, yeah. and if they just make the check mark of, I did it. I'm like, well, what did you do? How many, right. out of one of three sets of 10 to 15, what did you do? You know? So it's, yeah. it makes you second guess yourself. Yep. And you know, they're probably like, literally every time I've asked a client, can you give me feedback? And they're like, oh yeah, blah, 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 blah. They're not thinking anything ill of me, even though I'm second yeah. guessing everything I'm doing. Like, right. oh, you feel right. you're hurting this person. No, I'm not. And they're getting great results. They're just not telling me. Yeah. We, we yep. tell your people the things, you know, like if you're working yeah. with somebody, please give them constant feedback. Yep. More feedback is always better than less because we're yeah. all doing this imposter syndrome of, am I doing the right thing? Am I really helping someone? Right. Yeah. And I mean, I, so I don't, I don't, we already talked about, I don't have that imposter syndrome with clarinet lessons at all. I just, I just don't, but that same sort of thing where I know my students are going to do their scales. They're going to do their scales. We're going to get there. I don't always know how we're going to get there. Yep. Likewise. I know we're going to work on etudes. I don't always know which etudes. I don't always know. I like, I have all that Rolodex, like your idea from NASM of, um, the or, that's, is that, that's not, anyway, we'll leave that alone. I think no, I said the wrong right, one. Right, right, right. Um, but you have that in your head of like, okay, this is how to progress it. But right. when the students in front, like, like I said, I stopped planning my lessons after lesson two for clarinet private teaching. This was, for 2010, maybe it was 2010, it was, or, yeah, anyway, because I needed to know on the fly, like, okay, this student, if I was just doing assignments, they should be onto the next set of scales. They should be on the next form of scales. They, they're not there yet. They had a problem. I don't find out. And again, a lot of this is online, especially for personal trainers, but even in music lessons, it's once a week, you know? You don't find out till a week later. You don't find out until you see the student or till you get the feedback. And it's like, oh, so this approach doesn't work for how you learn. Here's another thought I have about overcoming the imposter syndrome is ask. Yes. Ask for feedback. Mm -hmm. Ask for input. Like I mentioned, um, with the clients that I have, I've gotten used to like constantly Sometimes yeah. it's a little overboard and in person, but online, I don't think I can ask too much because they might not see it. It might be a little wild. And they're like, oh yeah, I forgot to tell you, like this is twingy or whatever, yeah. you know, and they're just busy. Yeah. They're not logging yeah. in all the time. It's not, it's, yep. and it's nothing to do with me or it's nothing right. to do with you collectively no. as a person. No. It's not to do with your self-worth, but if you don't ask, a lot mm -hmm. of times the people that you're not going to get that feedback and you're just going to go into that self-doubt and the imposter is going to yeah. just rain down on you and just tell yep. you all these things Be because until you kind of voice that in some way and like hey how does this yeah. work for you does you know whether you're asking a question of i need feedback i need input i need clarification mm -hmm. any of those three mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. you're just yeah. going to be guessing and yeah. uh oh it it really can do some a world of good especially yeah. like i've been playing i'm thinking of when i ask like hey how's this going he goes i haven't see, heard from you in a week and he's like Oh yeah. So by the way, the app stopped working. I've been in touch with the, the with the app people, and apparently, blah 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 blah. I've been doing it, but I'm a night owl and blah blah. And he just and I'm like, did he fall off the wagon? No, he just was having trouble, and he yeah. was dealing with it, so he didn't involve yeah. me, which was nice. Yeah. And yeah. Then he's like, by the way, my wrists don't hurt anymore. And I'm like, oh, there you nice. go. There you go. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. What does the imposter tell you? Yeah. He's quit oh, working he, out because he doesn't like it and you're failing him. Yep. Yep. And that's not always true. Yeah. Questions solve three problems. Self-doubt and imposter syndrome. Mm-hmm. It shows your student or clients that you actually do care. I mean, you think about it, you're investing in this person. You know, um, I definitely, I had a student that I met up with just to catch up once. And, and she said to me, as we're sitting there over coffee, she's like, I'm surprised you remembered me. I'm like, I remember all my students, all of them. (laughs) I mean, I'm, I'm giving pieces of myself to you guys, you know, and same with my, my clients, like, but it, it helps to let people know that you actually do care Yeah, and it makes you a better instructor or coach. Um, I, I taught a lesson today where we're working on, um, articulation that's tongue speed (laughs) and, um, the beginning of the excerpt at every tempo sounded great. And the end is where it fell apart. That's normal. What my student heard was a reversal. I'm missing the articulations at the beginning, but it gets better as I go. I'm like, I needed to know that. If I know what you're hearing, I know how to instruct you on how to correct that. I know how, because, you know, I'm guiding your ears in a music lesson as much as I'm guiding your abilities on clarinet. I'm guiding your physical kinesthetic sense in a personal training session. Like, do you feel your lats? Can you feel your, you know, as much as I'm helping you get stronger, you know, like, great. You can learn how to do different movements, but can you feel what you're doing? You know, same, same. (laughs) On a a quick, on a quick tangent. Have I told you about my, my client, um, Jackie, but she's never going to hear this. So I can tell you, and she will be the first to agree with you. She only understands things if she feels pain. She doesn't feel pain. She doesn't know. Like, can you feel that? I don't know. She'll literally tell me, I don't know. And she's got, she's got amazing ADD and she's a pharmacist. So she will like, bing, 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 bing. Oh, that's because I have ADD. I told you that, right? Okay. Bing, 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 bing. <laughs> I love her because she's super smart and super aware uh-huh. and just super honest. Like she's just present yeah. literally in that moment. How do you feel yeah. that? I don't know. Let me think about it. <laughs> We're doing this thing and she doesn't know unless she feels pain. So that, yeah, sorry. But, but again, it's that, that's, we're learning, learning languages and learning styles as yeah. we're doing this too. But, but it's, it all goes back to all of its learning. Yeah. And the imposter wants to keep you from learning and the imposter mm-hmm. is going to keep you from being successful. So start, start these, oh my God, if you are a young instructor or a young coach or anything where you're getting started out, or even if you are older and just haven't done this before, start practicing like today, today, <laughs> start practicing getting rid of that voice is man, it makes a difference. It does. Like, a lot of my anxiety is gone because of it. Now I'm cranky, 
because things are going poorly in the world right now, but my anxiety's gone. <laughs> right. I know. I know. Right. I mean, so it's like, here's something that I have marked and I am going to read something. So, okay. This is something to consider. Risk takers and high achievers see the world differently than the average person and can struggle to build quality relationships as a result. How connected are you to similar people who share your goals as well as your challenges? Because how many times the imposter likes to keep us isolated, right? And think that we mm -hmm. deal with it all by ourselves and we are just the issue. And how connected are you with other people who are dealing with what you're dealing? And yes, we can say, okay, well, we're musician strength coaches. There's only a few of us. Okay. How many other musicians can you connect with that have similar, like similar issues? How many other strength coaches or fitness professionals can I connect with or you connect with? We can share that part. It doesn't have to be that niche. Niche. Yeah. It doesn't yeah. have to be that, you know, How, what, what yeah. are our relationships like? Are we being isolated? Are you keeping yourself isolated? Yeah. And that's a big one right now. Cause this is, this, as we're recording this, this is April 15th. 2021 just out of a year yeah from, uh, the coronavirus pandemic starting and we have been ice quote isolated we've been by ourselves are you keeping yourself that way out of fear or something else so i mean it's not like like you know there's a, there's that's a lot to unpack but i mean that's something to think about yeah yeah um for you gig workers out there are you not looking for gigs right now because they're not really available, which is true. Or because, well, the ones that are available, they're all taken by these people who already have the jobs and they're like, they've been established and I can't possibly break in right now. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, not gonna say it's easy. Prime time. Yeah. Hmm? This is the time to be on your game. This is, this is setup time. This is time to be preparing for the shows yeah. that are going to happen, getting your resume. Yep resume ready if it matters your your chops ready your body ready yeah the gigs and the shows are coming back i mean i'm here yeah. in nashville and um a friend of mine i just talked to today was like dude i've been playing nonstop. i have not had a day off in a month and you're telling me people are still staying at home okay but that's not everywhere anymore so this is coming back yeah. so now is prime yeah. time in fact we're all a little past it so yeah. that's that topic. Yeah. But. Yeah. And it's going to get busy and it's going to get busy soon. So like take, if you've still got that little lingering doubt, take care of it now because people yes. are about to get up and get going, you know, um, and you don't want to be behind. You want to be prepared. You do not want to cram because then the imposter will come in like even more. So I'm like, see, yeah. you, really don't know yeah. what you're doing. you really are as bad as you thought, blah, blah, blah. Right. No, own yourself now. Own it. So you know? speaking so. of which, I just found another highlighted spot. <laughs> it's like super perfect because it says that procrastination is failure avoidance, right? So are, are you finding yourself like avoiding interactions where you feel vulnerable? Mm -hmm. Avoiding productive work, especially if you're not confident in your output or avoiding the big dance. So like that great opportunity to get in front of an audience or to present to a whale of a prospect or like whatever that thing is. He's talking mm -hmm. And not musicians, but like, yeah. okay, so do any of those three hit home? I know for me they do because now it's yeah. like okay, show time. Here yep. we go. Yep. Oh, how many of us struggle with procrastination? And when what? Yeah. Why do we 
struggle with procrastination. What are we mm-hmm. trying to avoid? Are we trying to yep. avoid success? Are we trying to avoid overwhelm? Are we trying to avoid failure? Are we trying, what is it? For me, it's like all of those. Yeah, for me, it's a little bit of all of them too. Um, and I'll tell you what, for a long time, and I every time I put something off, every time I put something off now because it was such a big problem for such a long time for me, it was a major stumbling block. Um, every time I put myself off, off or put stuff off now, I ask myself, um, okay, are you putting this off? Are you not doing this thing? because you are afraid that you will actually be successful at it and you don't think you deserve it. Mm, that whole fear of success is a valid thing. Ava called mm-hmm. me out on that fresh, mm-hmm. like my first year of masters. That's straight up imposter syndrome for me. Straight yep. up. I don't think I deserve it because I'm not good enough. Mm-hmm. You know, Ava's good about that. She's really good about that. She didn't touch yeah. me. Like, she does not pull punches. She will call you no. on your BS immediately. No. Debbie Bish is good about it, too. She's a yeah, lot she more indirect, a lot more gentle. <laughs> she, I appreciate both approaches, not going to lie. I'm like, on the one hand, tell me things. On the other hand, if I'm not in a place to receive the hard punch, maybe leave me there instead. <laughs> well, listen, like, Ava did that. My very first lesson, couple lessons with her, she's like, okay you are gonna work out of this book. Every time you give me one of these A2s, it will be memorized. I don't care how long that takes you. It took me the entire first year to play her the first one, the whole first year, and she was cool with it. And so I now base my teaching off hers because it's like, look, kids, you're college. I'm not here to tell you what to do every week. I'm gonna give you a bunch of stuff. You're gonna work on it. You're gonna come back to me with questions. We're gonna work on it as we go, which is how she structured it, which I love. And at the very end of that first year, she's like, Angela, it took you a whole year to be able to play that for me. I'm so proud of you. Oh my God, that's not what, she's Swiss. Like, that is not what you would expect. She's like, mostly you would expect, why did I take you so long? You should have been through all like 24, you should have finished the book, right? Yeah, yeah. That was not her thing. She's like, you really owned that. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. And there's there's so much value to that too, man. Like. And that's, Just, that's, so, I mean, she told me at the very end of my two years, she's like, she, she told me, I don't remember exactly what it was, but she told me something and she's like, I knew this about you at the very beginning, but you weren't ready to hear it. I'm like, how did you know that? She's like, oh, I just knew it. Like, cause she's really good about yeah. people, you know? So, yeah, yeah. 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 And that's, that's a good instructor too, is one who can go, I know what you need to hear. I know what you need to not hear, but I need to lead you to it. And there, there's definitely that. Some people just need to hear it straight up. Most people, even if they think they just need to hear it straight up, I've found more need to be led to it. Yeah. You need like, to know when, when is appropriate to tell that person. It's not always yeah. like when you know it, they don't know mm-hmm. it. They might not be ready for it. Yeah. And oftentimes you don't even end up needing to tell them. Mm-hmm. You just put them in positions that in a very safe mental and emotional way, they can see what's wrong and they can work through it. And you're there to kind of support them and give them, okay, here's the next stepping stone mm-hmm. when you're ready. Right. If we need to build a bridge to that stepping stone, we will, but <laughs> yeah. Yeah. For true. Um, so I think we've covered a lot of ground on this. I, I, I don't we think did. we have, 
we we have not like gone through the depths of this is how you defeat imposter syndrome but no but there's some tools in there there's some pros there's some and and i mean if we really wanted to make the last little bit of things we just said really relevant to overcoming your own imposter syndrome find somebody you trust that's a mentor who's going to do that for you Mm -hmm. don't be afraid to ask ask for help ask Mm -hmm. for clarity Mm -hmm. for guidance and don't just pick an expert because they are an expert and they happen to be recommended to you by so-and-so or their paperwork says this, that, or the other. Mm-hmm. When you're an undergrad going out for music school auditions, right? Most people apply to at least four or five minimum, sometimes more. Mm-hmm. And that tends to be true if you can afford it, depending on the audition situation. Yeah going into your master's and often your doctorate. I went and visited, I want to say five or six schools for my Mm -hmm. doctorate. I only applied to two. Mm -hmm. And a couple of people looked at me like I was weird. A number of people looked at me like I was weird. Like you're only applying to two, but what if you don't get in? It doesn't matter because yes, the doctorate was important to me. The letters were important to me. The degree was important to me, but I knew after all those visits that I wasn't going to get what I needed Mm. from the other schools. Bingo. And it's not anything against them. At that point, it's nothing against them. They're great teachers, great reputations. I needed something else. Right. It's not just about getting the letters after your name or in front of your name or the piece of paper. Because once you got the piece of paper, then what? Piece of paper doesn't mean anything. It, what matters mm-hmm. what you do with it and how yeah. you choose to use it. And what you got out of that process. Bingo. What you got, pick the mentor that's right for you. Same thing with personal trainers. You and I agree on just about everything. It seems like, you know, we've been doing this long enough. <laughs> it's um, been a year. I don't think we've disagreed on anything yet. No, no, we have, but we have different approaches and yeah. different personalities. I don't like, not that we couldn't work with each other's clients and achieve success. But oh, yeah, dude, I wish we lived closer. I'd love to like, yeah, like, do, a, do a client swap one day. It'd be fun. Cross consult. Awesome. Learn, we would learn a lot. But I'm willing to bet that your long-term clients wouldn't respond as well to my coaching. And I'm willing to bet the other way around too. Totally and good. just because what this person needs, what kind of personality this person needs, not insulting to either of us. Nope. <laughs> You know, and you know, there's, there's been a couple times in my career where I have had a person come in and they've ghosted me afterwards. Like I had one person come Mm -hmm. in and she was super intimidated. She also came at five o'clock on a Monday. And like, if you're intimidated, now is not the time for you to be here. It was packed. And she, and I'm like, I can't get rid of that for you. I never saw her again. And I tried to make it as like chill as possible but it was what it was like people were dropping weights and making noise i'm yeah. like yeah this is not right for you right now in this environment so I, it, there's that you know yep. you have to yeah 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 side note if you're intimidated by the gym and you're looking to start um weekend nights or like <laughs> one, one o'clock on any weekday is also good 
That and too. If you find a trainer who will work on Sunday afternoons or something, that's a good time. Nobody's in the gym yeah. on Sunday. Afternoon. No, I mean, I, including me. <laughs> I work Friday nights, but that's, um, that's a little too. different. And it's mostly usually my hardcore clients who are there. You know? <laughs> yeah. I do not work weekends and I don't make apologies for it. It took a while to set those kind of boundaries. And I was just like, no, yeah. I am here yeah. Monday, Wednesday, Friday. And now I'm mm -hmm. here Tuesday nights. Are, mm -hmm. Oh, you're not here on Thursdays, are you? No, I'm not. You know why? Because today's Thursday. Guess what I'm doing right now with you? I'm doing all my online clients, all my online things at home. Yep. And I really enjoy having yep. some time at home. Yeah. And then, but, but, but did you don't work weekends? No, because if I don't have any time off, how am I going to help you? And that's mm -hmm. okay. That's not an ego thing. And that's yeah. not going, well, well, you know, being all anxious about the dollar. People yeah. have yeah. those kind of boundaries. And that yeah. can also help you. Yeah. And same thing with like, if you let people push you into something that you don't want to do, like working weekends, most likely it's because you think, oh, I'm, they're only with me because I'm available. And so if I'm not available, they're going to go find somebody else because I'm not good enough to just retain them on my own. Yep. Imposter syndrome. That's so you who are teaching on weekends and don't want to looking at you. Don't do it. Look, if you don't <laughs> play a gig, Say no. If you don't want to teach a client or a class or a student, say no. Because if you if you say yes and you do the thing or you teach the kid or you whatever, you're going to hate it. And you're going to end up in the cycle of dreading doing the thing that you're doing it week after week. After. Now they know that you're that you could be available at that time. No, just say no. Yep. People respect that. When I say yep. I am not. OK, I, I said this last week. Actually, I will be available this Thursday because I have to, I've got, um, what happened was I'm not usually available on Thursdays, but I had to travel to Alabama for an army weekend and I needed to be there Friday night. I had one client that day. So I was like, you know what? I don't have to work till six o'clock and show up at midnight. I can just say, no, I'm not available. And I had one guy who needed to reschedule for Thursday. I went, hey, can anybody else come on Thursday? Poof, the Friday client moved to Thursday. Everybody was happy. I had the whole day off and I just got there when I needed to, which wasn't like a luxury. It was like, okay, I can get to bed at a decent hour. I can finish packing in yeah. the morning. I can make sure everything's yeah. taken care of. Yeah. It's not like you have to give all of yourself to everybody else first yeah. to be yeah. taken as a professional. No, yeah. people really yeah. respect you having those boundaries. Like, no, I, this is the one Thursday, but because of this, and they go, oh, okay, thank you. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yep. And I know the second that I met the first musician who really told me no and really set that boundary for availability, which I came from a, from a, from a place where you ate, lived, breathed, clarinet 24 seven, you were expected there 24 seven. And it was very much a family environment in a lot of ways. I really loved it and missed it when it was gone. Um, but I remember when I first came across that, Oh, I, I can't get a response from you at this time. Oh, you're not here 24 seven. No. And I just remember thinking after all of that, loving the little family environment I had come from, I remember thinking, I want to emulate this person. Like I so desperately wanted to be like, no, I'm, I am not available at this time to do this work. I am sleeping. I am eating. I am taking care of my personal life that needs to get done because otherwise I won't be able to, you know, I am just not available and I don't have to tell you why. No, nope. I'm not free. 
I'm I'm not available at that time. And you're like, I guarantee you, I, I guarantee you that uh, 90% of the time, if you and I are saying we're not available, we're working on something else. Probably, yeah. Yeah. It just Although may last not night, work. I, I quit yeah. at like eight and I went, no, I haven't sat in front of my TV and watched something mindless in forever. This can wait till tomorrow. Yep. And then I, I had people texting me, I'm like, put the phone nope. away. I don't see it. Nope. It didn't happen. Nope. Uh, boundary. Yep. <laughs> you yep. make that for yourself. It's okay. You're not less yeah. of a person. No. You're not a professional. Nope. People think, okay, so do you know who Robert Jager is? That name mm. sounds familiar. He wrote Goober Peas. He wrote, um, oh gosh, he was it. He was my theory AT professor back in, in a bachelor's degree um, at Tennessee Tech. He, oh, he wrote a bunch of stuff. Um, oh, Tempo de Bourgeois is what it's, corps de, corps, Esprit de Corps, sound familiar? The wind band piece? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he wrote Esprit de Corps. Okay, so everybody knows okay. that one, right? So, which was fun because we actually had Colonel Bourgeois come and conduct us while Robert Jager was there. And he's like, so Bob is my friend and this is my tempo. What does that mean? It means what do I feel like today? Ah, here we go. <laughs> I just like, made it up. That's fun. <laughs> like seriously, every day was a little different. It was really funny. It's like tempo de bourgeois, whatever he wants. So <laughs> anyway, uh, uh, Mr. Jager was, I will never forget it, my freshman year. And I, like I said, I, I was blessed to have him for freshman eight oral training and uh, music theory. Oral training, I'm amazing at. Music theory, I've sucked at my whole life. It's never going to get any better. It's akin to math. I've also sucked. It's fine. You know, it doesn't matter. But <laughs> he would come in, and I'll never forget my freshman year. He's like, there is no such thing as a personal emergency. Or no, 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 I'm sorry. There's no such thing as an educational emergency. I am not available after blah, blah, blah. These are my office hours. You can reach me here. You will not have my personal cell phone because, or my personal home phone, because you don't need it. If you run out of ink, that is your problem. If you do this, that is your problem. This is not my concern. You will have the things done at the time, at the, whatever, right? But I remember thinking, oh, I can't, I, I can't ask. I can't, I know, I, this is like, he's making me take 100% personal responsibility for this. And, and it was fine. And I, yeah. I, I remember that to this day as being like somebody I want to emulate, be like, you know what? I do not have to, we didn't know when he wasn't at the, at the music building. We knew that we were not allowed to call him at home unless it was a, I'm in the hospital emergency. I won't be in class tomorrow. <laughs> you know, like that was it. There is no educational emergency. And just having somebody tell you that. Yeah. It really sets the precedent for, oh, I want to be that person. That's okay. Yeah. 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 <laughs> he could have known, who knows? I mean, he's a great composer, but if he had only learned the stuff the previous day he was going to teach us, we would have still thought he was like way up here. Yeah. <laughs> you don't know what the other person doesn't know or knows. Exactly. Yeah. So ask. Please make, be vulnerable and make those connections with other people. And we'll sit here and talk about this all day, I feel like. Yeah. Yeah. We probably need to wrap it up. Because yeah, I, <laughs> I think, I think we've covered most things twice. <laughs> I know, I know, but it's, it's so, yeah, I know. Yeah. But it's a big deal. It's a big deal for 
most people and certainly anybody in any of the fields that we cover. Oh, and especially <laughs> when it comes to having your degree. And I think this could be another thing. And I don't know if this falls under the imposter syndrome, but like when we started out talking about like, does my degree really qualify me or not qualify me if I don't have it to this or that or the other, you know, um, and how in the music world, we're told that unless you have X, you're not qualified, which I yeah. call bull on because yep. I've seen, as I've, I've said, I've seen a lot of people who are really qualified. I have no, come to Nashville and see some of these freaking musicians who do these things they don't teach in music school and they're far beyond qualified people who have X amount of pieces of paper and have no real life experience. And I'm not saying anything against people with doctorates or, or no. masters no. or college education, whatever, but it, but one, just having a college education does not mean you are qualified. It means you've learned these things. And it also doesn't mean you're stuck in only the thing that the piece that. of paper says. You yes. are not stuck in only the thing the piece of paper says yes yes you're not please do not equate the two college education in music is a tool you can use for however you want to use it and we need to get rid of thinking like you're only qualified if you have blah 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 tell that to victor wooten you know i don't know if he has a college degree or not but the man has done some amazing things and tell him he couldn't teach a course on something like improv on bass um yeah, you get your head out of your hind end. That's totally not true. I mean, the man can do amazing things. So, I mean, it's just, it's one of those things like, you know, yep. a piece yep. of paper no. is a piece of paper. Experience is yeah. experience. There's, yeah. there's a whole realm in there. Yeah, there's some overlap. They're not exclusive. And it's yeah. certainly not a means of impostering yourself for either having or not having the paper. Right. Go <laughs> get whatever education you feel you need to do what it is you want to do. That's what's important. There we go. Boom. Good stopping point. <laughs> it, was, it was good. This is good. This is a good conversation. I'm glad we made it. <laughs> yeah, this was a good one. I think it was a good one. Um, but you guys let us know what you thought in the comments. <laughs> um, drop a question. Subscribe button. Yeah, yeah. Drop a question, subscribe, um, enter feedback. If you have something that we didn't mention that you want to share about imposter syndrome or overcoming it, share it because I guarantee you somebody else reading the comments wants to know that. Let me let me put this out there real quick. Uh, yesterday or a couple days ago, I put out a post that got way more engagement than I ever thought possible. I got a ton of likes and I started messaging people who liked the post. And I said, what resonated with you? And I got these long posts. I'm like, why didn't you post that? Other people would have said the same thing. I got this over and over and over again. Like, don't be afraid to share this, guys. The narrative starts when we narrate. We have to share. Yeah. So it can't just be yep. us talking. Wait, nobody's yeah. thinking less of you for saying you had an injury or you have experienced imposter syndrome. We all do. And the mm -hmm. minute you do, you are not, quote, like Simon Sinek says, you're not afraid to be the idiot. You start that discussion, suddenly we change the entire narrative in the musician world. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. Cool. <laughs> All right. Um, if you have any questions or if you are interested in any of our services, you can find us on our respective socials and websites. Um, mine, again, I'm Dr. Jen Cavis. You can find me tunedandtonedperformance.com. That's tuned with a D and toned with a D. 
Um, same goes for um, Instagram and Facebook at Tuned and Tone Performance. Um, and if you're really interested in my lifts, uh, you can follow me personally on Instagram, which is at Doc Beefcake. I love it. <laughs> you can find me at all the places in the show notes and um, it's everything music strong or music strong fitness. But my thing that I want to promote is my new group coaching program. And I don't care what part of the year or years past you've seen this, this is going to keep going at some form or fashion. So um, if you want more information, please drop me a line at Angela at musicstrong.com and uh, check out the different things I have to offer. I have all kinds of things, but really the most important thing is that we want to hear from you. Yes. We want you to engage with us on all our social media platforms and down here in YouTube, if this is where you're finding us, or if you are uh, at uh, on any kind of audio, please leave us a review because those reviews help us reach more people. So hit the subscribe, yes. share with a friend and yeah. hit that review button. A five star would be great. <laughs> <laughs> and if it's not a five star, tell us what you didn't like about it so that we can maybe address it. Oh, bingo. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everyone. Thank right. you for tuning in. I'm sure we will catch you next time. All right. Thank you.